Father, we thank you for this moment. We are grateful for yet another opportunity. Thank you, Father, for how you've been helping us through these teachings that you are giving us. I pray, Lord, that as many that hear and listen, that you will bless them. I pray, Father, that your word will damage our ignorance. I pray, Father, that your word will help us to grow in Christ Jesus. Guide us through your word. Guide us through these teachings. Help us to understand what we listen to, to the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, you are welcome. I, I am so happy to be on this platform again because truly it gives me greater joy. I always have joy when I have the opportunity to share um, what God is doing. Okay, so um, it's a very great privilege for me, which I don't take for granted. Okay, so um, recently I began to develop the feeling as I prayerfully uh, sought the face of God about this, I was convinced in my heart to begin uh, a series online, okay? And it's titled Evangelism Made Easy. So uh, some people got to ask, uh, what exactly, what prompted you to come up with that kind of uh, series? Okay, and one of the things that I made them to understand, evangelism in itself is a kingdom work. Evangelism is a kingdom tax. However, there are people, there are Christians who believe that the work is tedious. There are Christians who believe that the work is, you know, um, strenuous. The work is too demanding. Truly speaking, there is no kingdom work that is not too demanding, okay? However, evangelism, evangelism as it is, I can say to an extent that it doesn't require much from us. It doesn't require much from us. Why? Because the work is not really done by the person who preaches, okay? What I mean is well, Christians are not called to save people. I mean by themselves to an extent uh, uh, let me be direct with this uh, Christians are not called to save sinners you know the work of translation from one kingdom to another is not to be done by a believer why because God and the church are co-workers in evangelism they both have their path to play the church is to preach the gospel. The church is a medium. The church is a platform through which God saves the people. Okay, The church is called to reach out to people with the gospel of salvation. And then God does the saving. God does the saving of the person. When we understand this, we would do away with a lot of frustrations. When we understand this, we will save ourselves from a lot of troubles because God has his part to play in evangelism. The church has her part to play in evangelism. If the church misplaces the role, if the church misplaces the agenda, there's going to be a problem. Okay, so Jesus has called the church out into the world 
to preach the gospel of salvation to people while God does the saving through the Spirit of God. So the Spirit comes in to convict and to convince the person to salvation. Okay, so um, two weeks ago, I dropped a, an episode that talked about who should evangelize. Who exactly should evangelize? Is it the church? Is it the whole church? Is it the pastor? Is it the bishop? Is it the pope? Is it a Christian who is occupied with one position in, in Israel, a local church? Who exactly is to evangelize? And one of the things we, we, we discovered from that, evangelism is a general call given to the church. Evangelism is a general demand given to the church. And the church has to awake to this truth that truly evangelism is the church's main tax. Evangelism is one of the tasks that has been entrusted to the church. So irrespective of who a believer is in Christ, you know, uh, some people some people will count the number of years you uh, have uh, been in Christ for 20 years. Uh, this one will say I've been in Christ for 10 years. That one will say I've been in Christ for, you know, for 50 years. So those who are lesser in age in Christ are somehow not to preach the gospel. Uh, they are somehow not giving to this tax because of the distorted teachings that they've been exposed to in their local churches. Some of them have been made to believe that evangelism is for the pastors only. Some of them have been made to believe that evangelism is for the bishop only. Meanwhile, Jesus calling the church in Mark chapter 16 verse 15, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creation. Go and preach the gospel. Jesus was not selective in his commandment. Jesus was not selective in his instruction. He didn't say to, to Peter, you are the head of the, of the apostles, you are the head of the disciples, you go and preach the gospel. He didn't say to John, uh, you, you've always been around me, go and preach the gospel. No, he said the commandment was given to all go into the world and preach the gospel to every creation. And also we saw in Acts chapter 2, at the upper room where the disciples were gathered, you know, it wasn't just the 12 disciples that were there waiting for the coming of the Spirit of God. It wasn't just the disciples. Others were there with them. There were over hundreds of them in that room, including women. They were all there in the room and they believed God for the coming of the Spirit. They trusted God for the coming of the Spirit. They were hoping, they were waiting eagerly for the coming of the Spirit. So you, you cannot say that women are not to preach the gospel. You cannot say because a woman is not a leader of a particular local church, she is not supposed to preach the gospel. You cannot say because somebody is still a teenager, a Christian is still a teenager, he or she is not supposed to preach the gospel. God, Jesus has called everyone to preach the gospel. The Spirit of God is at work in every believer's life. And therefore, that person has been authorized. That person has been made eligible. 
that person has been has been signed by the spirit of god to go and preach the gospel so the tax is not for the pastors alone the tax is not for church leaders alone the tax is not for you know um a great leaders in the bodies in the body of christ alone the tax is for every believer in christ hallelujah so that was what we talked about some weeks ago okay that was what we talked about some weeks ago uh today i'm going to be starting a new episode and it's titled who is to be evangelized who is to be evangelized in our society presently um we see a lot of people crowding around us uh, the church is located in the community the church is not separated from the community which makes the church not to be a separatist the church is not a separatist the church is not called to isolation the church is not called to operate in a secluded environment okay the church is located within a community the church is located within a people the church is located within a group of people so evangelism as it is an instruction given by Christ to the church who are we to evangelize who is the pastors to evangelize who is the church to evangelize the members who are there to go and evangelize sometimes when you ask a believer to go out for evangelism he or she begins to think who am i going to talk to anyway who am i going to approach with this gospel who should hear the gospel who shouldn't hear the gospel who is qualified to hear me who is not qualified to hear me you know questions like this keep coming up questions like this keep coming up and by the grace of god i am here tonight to do justice to some of these questions that we have boggling our minds so like i said earlier the new episode for today is who is to be evangelized who do we preach the gospel to who do we reach out to with the gospel who do we go and tell that jesus is in love with you who do we go and minister to that jesus loves you to build relationship with who do we go and talk to the church has been called to evangelize but to whom that is the question before us to be answered george whitefield said god forbid that i should travel with anybody a quarter of an hour without speaking of christ to them <laughs> this is the one of the focal beliefs one of the focal doctrines of george whitefield at least for the little i studied about him he was a man who had kingdom work imprinted on his mind he believed that for every day he believed that for every hour somebody must to hear the gospel so he said god forbid that i should travel with anybody god forbid that i should travel with anybody a quarter of an hour without speaking of the gospel to them without telling them that jesus is in love with them god forbid that i should take two steps a day without meeting somebody on the road and say hey brother jesus is in love with you 
hey sister jesus is in love with you okay so today i i i want to go on a broader form i want to go on a wider range of who exactly is to hear this gospel i remember after i was done with uh, my theological studies I, I i had to leave the hostel and eventually i knew that i needed a place to stay <laughs> I, I i needed a place to stay i needed an apartment i needed a place where i could stay and at least attend to one or two, two things from my end okay so i informed mom about this and one of her worries so to say one of her worries was don't stay where there are muslims so imagine she said don't stay where there are muslims yes of course um security is one of our basic needs in life security is one of our major desires in life people want to be safe people want to be secured people want to be safe wherever they find themselves and so here is a mother who doesn't want her child to become involved with people that are not in the same range of doctrine with him uh, it's not her fault anyways because security is everybody's desire but what am i trying to say from my statement earlier i said that the church is located in a community of people the church does not choose where to operate it is the sender of the church that chooses where to operate and the sender of the church is jesus christ it is jesus christ who chooses the location where the church should be it is jesus christ who chooses the place where the church should operate it is jesus christ who guides it is jesus christ who leads so to an extent just like we cannot choose our parents i can also say that the church does not the church does not on our own choose where to operate the church does not on our own choose where to deliver the gospel it is god who guides it is god who gives the parameters it is god who gives the range it is god who gives the objective of the call that is one of the reasons why i am here tonight now i would like you to consider israelites as a nation in the bible israel was a small nation but with a big god like one of my friends would say okay so israel was a small nation located within the space that is surrounded by nations who did not know god israel was a nation that had a covenant relationship with god however they were living within a specific location yet surrounded by people who did not have covenant relationship with god they were surrounded by nations who did not have covenant relationship with god so how would god expect them to live how would god expect them to interact with these people how would god expect them to relate with these people one of the commands that god yahweh gave to them was that they were cautioned not to meddle with the nations 
They were cautioned not to meddle with the people around them. They were cautioned not to interfere with the lifestyle of the people around them. And the major reason behind that commandment was that so that those nations would not turn the hearts of the people away from their God. So God was, you know, God saw ahead and he said, my people do not interfere with the affairs of this nation. Be separated unto me, yet you are living within them. Be focused, stay focused, look unto me, serve me. I am your one and only God. So that was the kind of nation that Israel was, surrounded by nations who didn't have any covenant relationship with God. Due to that, they were cautioned strictly, do not interfere with the lifestyle of these people. They were to serve the Lord God with all their hearts and be completely devoted to him. This was their own part of the agreement to keep. When you take a look at Christians, when you take a look at the church today, likewise, we can say that the church is situated in a very strategic location. The church of Christ is situated in a very strategic location of devourers. People who are given to injustice, people who are given to wickedness. They are faced with heart-hardened people who do not want anything to do with Christ. The message of the cross, they do not want to listen. These are the people that the church is situated amongst them. These are the people that God has called the church to go and start up within their midst. And you see, the message of the cross bores them, like I said, and they are fed up already. They are fed up already. Like 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that the message of the cross is foolishness to them. They don't understand it. They cannot comprehend it. They do not understand what is happening when believers bring the message of the gospel to them. They look at it as, men, these people are wasting our time. However, God deemed it fit in Christ Jesus. And he said, I want you to be in the midst of these people. Just like the Israelite nation, I want you to be situated here. You know, I mentioned earlier that the church is not supposed to choose where to operate. It is the sender, it is the, it, it is the sender of the church who chooses where the church operates. And the sender is Jesus Christ. So this is the location that God is calling the church to operate in. Just like the nation of Israel, what is it with this new life? The unbelievers keep asking, what is it with this new life? Why, are you, why do you keep on bugging my life with new life in Christ, new life in Christ? God is going to change my life. God is going to give me a new life. The gospel can transform me. The gospel can liberate me. The gospel can give me a new start. What is it with all of this? So it is foolishness to them. They cannot comprehend it. They cannot understand it. Christians, Christians are confronted daily some out of fear keep silence and this is one of the most pathetic things happening in the church 
because of the confrontation of unbelievers, because of the confrontations that we face from unbelievers, we, we kind of retrace our steps back. We kind of retreat back. We want to actually know, are these people supposed to hear the gospel? Are these people supposed to be saved? You know, we, we, we asked a lot of questions. Are these people supposed to be saved? Because of these life-threatening uh, encounters that we have with these people, there are believers who have resorted back to, I do not want to have anything to do with the preaching of the gospel again. Jesus Christ, however, has warned us of this before time when he said, I am sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. Didn't we read that in scripture? Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Innocent as doves. <laughs> Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. So when you come to think of wolves, what do they do? Wolves devour. Wolves are not friendly. Wolves are not welcoming. These are the kinds of people, this gives us the picture of the kinds of people that the church has been sent to. They have been sent to people that are ready to devour. They have been sent to people that are willing to use the sword. They have been sent to people that are willing to raise up conspiracy theories against the church. Yet God is asking us, go to them. Don't forget the title of our episode. Who is to be evangelized? The world as we see today is growing so fast to a point where uh, evangelism is taking a different shape. You may not want to engage in evangelism the way it was done in the 90s. You may not want to engage in evangelism the way it was done in the 70s. Why? Because the, uh, the, the, the world, the trendings of the world is taking a new shape. Is taking a new design. People have to be reached on daily basis. But how? People have to be ministered to on daily basis. How will the church do that? Wolves are meant to devour. They are not friendly. These are the kind of people we are faced with daily. And we have got to reach them still. These are the kind of people the church is situated amongst them. Yet, the church is commanded to reach them. These are the kind of people that God is asking the church to go and reach out to. Yet, we are living with them. So do we run away from them? What do we do? Does God care for the church? A young believer might want to ask, does God care for me? God is asking me to reach out to this group of people. Does he really care for me? Yes, God cares for you. Yes, God cares for the church. Absolutely. Safety measures were put in place before the church was sent to these people. God knows what he's doing. The Bible says he sees the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. So if God is asking me as a believer to reach out to somebody with the gospel, definitely he has put safety measures in place for me because he loves me as much as he loves the person I am to minister the gospel to. God loves you as much as he loves the person he has sent you to with the gospel. So we don't have to be scared. 
that becomes what we fall back to when we are confronted with threats from these people. When you take a look at the scenarios I've painted so far, one of the questions that the church may want to ask is, do we wait or go? Do we wait or go? Due to the reoccurring dangers and injustice committed against the church daily, one may ask, do we wait to hear from the Lord first before we go? A young believer may ask, do I wait to hear from God before I reach out to this person? A pastor may even ask, do I wait to hear from God before I reach these people? Should my church wait or they should go? Should my congregation wait or they should go? Okay, that is the question we are faced with again. When you ask a question like that, you may also want to ask, did Christ die for all? Did Jesus die for all? Did Jesus sacrifice his life for all or for a group of people? Did Jesus sacrifice his life for the whites and the blacks or for just the blacks alone? Did Jesus sacrifice his life for the white alone? Did he not also sacrifice his life also for the blacks? Did Jesus sacrifice his life for women alone and not for the men? For men alone and not for the women? So when we keep asking a question of do we wait or we should go? We should also seek to answer, did Jesus die for all or not? And what would Jesus say if Jesus was to answer us? What would his answer be? <laughs> I believe he would say, I have asked you to go before you thought of waiting. This is what I believe. Uh, you might have another opinion to this, but this is what I believe. This is, the, this is the response that Jesus definitely will give if the church gets to ask him, do I wait or I should go? I believe he will say, I have asked you to go before you wait. Okay, so we cannot doubt the fact that the church has been commissioned and called. Nobody can doubt this. We see it all in scripture. Nobody can doubt the fact that the church has been called and commissioned to the task of reaching the unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot run from the call and we cannot deny it either. There is a group of people to be reached. There is a group of people to hear the message. There is a group of people to be healed and transformed. There is a group of people to be liberated. There is a group of people to be changed into the likeness of God. There is a group of people to be free from the bondage of darkness. There is a group of people to be liberated into new life. Just like Colossians 1.13 tells us that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. There are a group of people waiting to be translated. There are a group of people waiting to be changed. There are a group of people waiting whose nature is to be altered by the preaching of the gospel. There are a group of people waiting to be free from the bondage of sin. There are a group of people waiting to be free from the shackles of hell. There are a group of people waiting for God to come and set them free through the church. 
And so the church will keep on asking, do I wait before to hear from the Lord or I should go? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The church has been called and commissioned. And we are going to see that from scripture shortly. Like I said, there is a group of people to be reached. There is a group of people to be reached. All of this, the church cannot run away from. The church cannot go and seclude herself in, 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 in a corner and said, I am waiting to hear from God before this person can be set free from sin. Does it make sense? The church cannot go and hide herself in a corner and say, I, 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 I need to hear what God is saying. No, God has said it. It is there. It is there in scripture. God has said it. And we are going to be looking at that shortly. God has said it. God has said it. It is so obvious that the answer to the world's problem is the gospel. I believe 100% convinced that the answer to the world's problem is Christ. Is Jesus Christ. The world may not know this. I am telling you the truth. The world may not know this. And when you look at uh, the Bible, the Bible tells us uh, in the epistles, uh, it tells us that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who believe not. So that the light of the glorious gospel will not shine to them. So that the gospel will not be preached to them. So that the gospel will not be made known to them. Satan, whom is the God of this world, has blinded the mind of these people. That is the condition of the world today, friends. That is the condition of the world today. Painfully enough, they don't know that they need the gospel. They don't know that the solution to the world's problem is the gospel, is Jesus. So Satan can come to uh, you know, uh, deceive them. The answer to the world's problem is to create, you know, create more advanced technologies. Science is the, is the answer to the world's problem, whatever you may want to call it. Jesus remains the answer to the world's problem. And till tomorrow, he remains the answer to the world's problem. Hallelujah. So, the gospel is needed in the world. The gospel is needed in the world. And it is in the hands of the church. The gospel is in the hand of the church who has been commissioned by God even in Christ. Waiting is not in the church's calendar on this matter. <laughs> Waiting is not in the church's agenda on this matter. People are dying. People are perishing. People are in bondage. People are being destroyed by sin as a result of the choices they've made in life. And we cannot keep quiet as a church and say, all is well with the world. Friends, all is not well with the world. The sender has given the go-ahead long ago before the church was born. The sender has given the go-ahead long centuries, thousands of years ago before the church came into existence. And when you look at Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, what do you see there? The first four words. The first four words. Therefore, go and make. Therefore, go and make. In these four words, the waiting was and is terminated. <laughs> these four later words have ruled out 
the place of waiting for the church, especially on this matter of reaching people with the gospel. Therefore, go and make. Therefore, because of this, because of what I have done, therefore, because of the resources I have given you, therefore, because of the sacrifice that I have had to make for you, go, proceed, and make. Go and make. Go and make. Make it. The church has the power to make. The church has been given the power to make people into the likeness of Christ. The church has been given the power to make people into the likeness of the living God. Hallelujah. Therefore, go and make. Waiting has been terminated. Nobody is to wait. The pastor is not to wait. No member of the church is to wait. Go and make is the word. Go and make is the commandment. No one is waiting and no one should wait. Especially on this matter, every believer must be set to move because there are people waiting to experience light and transformation. Because there are people waiting to experience liberation. Because there are people waiting to experience a shift through the proclamation of the gospel. Because the gospel is the power. Because the gospel is the power of God made manifested when proclaimed. The gospel is lifeless. Just like the evangelist Red Bonke would say, the gospel is lifeless if it is not preached. It's like a cable that has current running through. A, a copper wire that has current running through. It's lying there dormant. Though it's connected to the source, but it's lying there if it's not being fixed or connected to a switch and then gives light to the house. It doesn't work. The gospel, the gospel lies dormant because the church is dormant. The gospel lies dormant because the church claims to be waiting. The gospel lies dormant because the church claims to, to be waiting to hear what the sender that has sent the church long ago would say. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So, the gospel is the power of God made manifested when proclaimed. People will bow. Romans 1.16, Paul would tell us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation to all who believes, to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. He is not ashamed of the, of the gospel, because it is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. You want to experience the power of God. Takes up the shield of the gospel. You want to experience the power of God. March out with the gospel into the street. Let people hear the gospel of Jesus. Therein lies the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. No one needs to pray and fast in order to seek to hear if God will say go. No church, no local church on earth needs to say, I want to pray and fast in order for me to hear if the Lord will say go or not. Are we tempting the Lord now? When it has been clearly stated in scripture, therefore go and make. Before your local church was established, the command has been given. Before your local church was established, God has given the church the go-ahead. Go and make. Therefore, go and make. The mission is clearly stated. 
time has been made known and where the mission will be executed has been made known. The question of who will go has been clarified and the church needs no other question on that. It is not time to wait but to move towards fulfilling this mandate. It is not time to wait. It is not time to wait. Don't forget who is to be evangelized. I am still on that. Who is to be evangelized? Okay. Hitting the target. Another question before the church is, what must be done when we go? Before I finally give us who is to be evangelized, um, I want to say, what must be done when we go? This is a question that many believers also ask. What must be done when we go out to preach the gospel? What, what must we do? What must we do? How do I start? You know, and all of those questions. Of course, some believers have a misplaced assignment when it comes to reaching people with the gospel. It's true. The mandate can be watered down when the purpose is not known. The mandate, the mission, the vision of the church can be, you know, trampled upon when the purpose is not known to them because abuse is inevitable. Abuse is inevitable when we begin to lose sight of the purpose why we are to reach people with the gospel. But what must we do? Jesus gives us a blueprint of this mandate. When you look at scripture, Jesus gives us a, a clear blueprint. And I will read from Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, and then 7 to 8. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. As you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom, that is the rule of heaven, the world has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. <laughs> the, the purpose of the church as to reaching people with the gospel has been clearly stated by Christ in this passage that we just read. These twelve, the twelve now represent the church. This 12, Jesus sent out with the following instruction. It is an instruction. What you go out there to do is an instruction. As you go, proclaim this message, first of all, that the kingdom of God has come near. So, the kingdom translated rule. The kingdom, the word kingdom there is translated as rule. That is, the rulership of God has come to man. Go and proclaim to the people that the rulership of God has come to man. Go and tell the people dying as a result of their sin and as a result of being bound by Satan that the rule of God has come to them. Go and proclaim this message to people that the rulership of God has come to them. And he says, as you do that, heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. So in this, in this passage, we still see a reason why the church does not need to wait anymore. When you read the first line, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instruction. 
So the past tense there is that he sent. He sent out. He sent out. Why would we wait for an instruction that has already been given? Why should the church wait for an instruction that has been clearly stated on table? Why should the church wait? This is the purpose. Hitting the target. This is the purpose. We have a target to hit out there. Every local church has a target to hit out there. And the target is go and proclaim that the kingdom, that the rule of God has come to humanity. You have the power to heal. Don't call God to heal the person. You, the church has been given the power to heal. It is there. You have it in your hand. The church has been given the power to heal, to raise the dead. You have the power to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy and every kind of skin disease and to drive out demons, demons that have possessed people who are not Christians for years. You have the power to give them a turn off. Let them leave the body. This is the purpose of the church clearly stated in scripture. So the instruction is clear and neatly stated. Going is certain, the mission is plain, and the spirit is ready to walk alongside. Is the believer ready? Is that local church ready? As a pastor, are you ready? As departmental heads, as unit heads in church, as, as leaders occupying one position or the other in your local church, are you ready? Are you ready? You don't have to wait. Nobody has to wait. The, the command, the instruction has been given. Everyone has to go. Everyone has to go. And everyone has to proclaim that, see, the kingdom, the rule of God is here. God is here to rule. God is here to take over. God is here to dominate. That is the gospel. It is Christ. It is Christ. It is Christ. The gospel is Christ. Hallelujah. So there is a target that must be reached. And that must happen very quickly. No delay. A target where those still without Christ come to submit to him. That is the target. Not because they like your denomination. Not because they like your pastor. Not because they like the way people dress in the church. No. Unbelievers will not submit to the gospel because they like you. Unbelievers will not submit to the gospel because they like the structure of your denomination. Unbelievers will not submit. They will submit to the gospel because you preach the gospel. <laughs> they will submit to the gospel because you proclaim Christ, Jesus the Savior. They will submit to the gospel because you tell them the, 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 the saving power that is embedded in the gospel. And they come to place their faith in Christ Jesus. I started earlier by saying, unbelievers are liking to be wolves. And just like Jesus instructed the disciples, behold, I send you out amongst wolves. So these guys are ready to devour. They are ready. They, they, will give, they will keep on threatening the church. These are the people that the church has been sent to with the gospel. And we don't have to forget about this. A target must be reached. A target where those without Christ must come to submit. Not because they like your local church. Not because they like your personality. 
Not because they just woke up one morning and then they felt, I want to be saved. No. Not because the devil has threatened them. You know, do you understand that there are people that run to churches because they feel somebody is threatening their lives? And so as a result of that, they want to give their lives to Christ. It is good. Paul said that whichever way Christ is preached, the person is already saved. Glory to God. But there are things that must be done right. Okay? There are things that must be done right if these people are to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So why would people succumb to the preaching of the gospel? Why would an unbeliever say, I want to, I want to, I want to receive the life of Christ? Why would an unbeliever eventually say, pray for me? I want to receive Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be free from the shackles of hell. Why would an unbeliever say that? It is because you dare to proclaim the gospel, which is the power of God to all people. It is because you dare to proclaim the gospel, which is the power of God. Remember I said that power can transform. That power can liberate. That power can break off shackles. Okay, so the target, the target is that people get to know this God. Robert Coleman would say, getting to know this God and glorifying him is the purpose of evangelism. Getting to know this God and glorifying him is the purpose of evangelism. What else can we look forward to if not the salvation of mankind? What is the purpose of that pastor who goes out into the street to preach the gospel? If not that the person he or she is preaching the gospel to comes to the saving knowledge of Christ. What, what other purpose does that local church in that community has? What other purpose does you know, this believer has when it comes to preaching the gospel? If not for that the person he or she is preaching to comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So as important as your going out is, you have to know why you are going out. You have to know why you are going out. Now, who then should hear the gospel? Having known that the gospel is the power of God, having known that the church has been sent, having known what evangelism is, Having know who should engage in evangelism and who shouldn't engage in evangelism, who then should hear the gospel? Is the gospel meant for some people and not for some? Is the gospel meant for the blacks and not for the whites? Is the gospel meant for the whites and not for the blacks? We should also ask, did Christ die for some and not for some? At least the world's population is 8 billion and hitting 9 already. Okay? Certainly, a good portion of it has come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. The current percentage of Christians in the world today is approximately 2.38 billion. As at 2010, it was approximately 2.2 billion. Within a span of 11 years, there has been an additional of 18 million of them. Well, the point is, 
how can the church reach out to over 6 billion people with the gospel? Does God expect this to just happen overnight? You may ask, does God expect the church to just reach 8 billion or over 6 billion people overnight with the gospel? This percent of people who have not met the Lord yet are the ones to be evangelized. Remember our question, who should hear the gospel? The percentage of unbelievers in the world, the percentage of the world's population that has not heard the gospel is the people that are to hear the gospel. The gospel of salvation as it has to do with the salvation of their souls. So the percentage of people who has not met the Lord yet are the ones to be evangelized. It doesn't matter their religion or whatsoever. Everyone who has not, everyone who has no dealings with Christ is to be reached. Everyone in our streets, everyone in our backyards, everyone in our churches who has no dealings with Jesus Christ is to be reached with the gospel. Who should hear the gospel? People who have no relationship with Christ. People who have no dealings. They don't have any business with Jesus. Not to talk of the church yet. Who should hear the gospel? The person who has no business with Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter what the person believes in. It doesn't. Everyone who has no relationship with Jesus, everyone who has not accepted the life of Christ is to be evangelized. Everyone who has not been born of God is to be evangelized. Just like the scripture tells us, Jesus speaking in John chapter 3, speaking with Nicodemus, one of the uh, leaders of the Jews, he said that, the kingdom of God is for those who are born again. The kingdom, paraphrased, the kingdom of God is for people who have encountered the new life. The kingdom of God is for people who have placed their faith in me. Okay, so these are the kinds of people that the church has been called to reach out to with the gospel. Everyone who has no dealings with Christ is to be reached. Amongst these people are the moralists. The moralists. Amongst these people are people, they, 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 they just sit down on their own and believe they are right. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to engage in any religion. They don't want to have anything to do with, uh, with a God, with a being, with whatsoever, a goddess or whatever you may want to call it. People who believe that they've never done anything wrong in their lives. People who believe that uh, since they were conceived, they've never taken a man's life, they've never stolen, they've never insulted, they've never cheated. The moralists, you know, these are part of the people who are to be evangelized. The ones born in church and willing to die for their churches even when they have not yet accepted the Savior who died for them. And you know, we have people in, in our denominations like that. They've been in the church for years, yet they've not experienced the new life. They've been in, 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 in our local churches for years, yet they've not come to the saving knowledge of Christ. 
In fact, some of them are workers in the body of Christ. They've so deceived the heads of the church and they've been enlisted into the workforce of the church. These people need to hear the gospel. They are willing to die for their church. They are willing to lay down their lives. In fact, you can't just speak ill of their pastors. They can go as far as suing you to the court. Okay? These people are to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The ones who have not, uh, the ones who have had the gospel over and over again, but has not made a decision to Christ. There are people who have had the gospel of Jesus Christ time without number, but they have never said yes to Jesus. They have never submitted their lives to Christ. They are still playing what I call hanky-panky, hiding and seeking. They are still playing uh, uh, the game of chess, okay, with their own life. I can't say with God. They are still playing, you know, they've covered it up for so long. They keep on hearing the gospel. In fact, we have them in our local churches. We have them in our denominations there. Some of them are leaders in the body of Christ. They've had the gospel from time to time because of the ulterior motives some of them have. They have not yet submitted to Christ. These people are to be rich. So we have the unrich who has not had the message before. The unreached who never had Jesus. Nobody has said anything regarding Christ. These are the unreached people. These are the unreached people. They are unreached because they are living in closed nations. When we say a nation is closed, it means that it is open to any other kind of activities a foreigner may want to come and do, uh, you know, a country may be open to any kind of business that you, you want to come and introduce, but they are strictly against religion. Uh, it could be that their own religion alone is to be practiced, but specifically, a Christian would not be given access into such a nation so that he or she would not, you know, spread he saw our belief to the people. He saw our doctrines to the people and all of that. So there are people living in closed nations, unreached people living in closed nations who don't have an idea of what it is like to be saved. Okay? These are the people that the church has been called to reach. And also the traditionalist who serves the idol he or she has created. The traditionalist who serves the idol he or she has created. The scientist who believes nothing else really exists outside of this world, all is science and revolution. That is all that matters. The, one who, the, the, the ones who have made affinity with the devil himself are the ones to be reached quickly. Wherever they can be found, they've got to be reached. So I give, I give it to us in a summary six categories of people are to be reached with the gospel six categories of people are to hear the message that jesus came for them died for them and resurrected for them six categories of people are to hear that jesus is interested in them 
Six categories of people are to hear that Jesus wants to build relationship with them. Number one, church loyalists. Church loyalists are Christians, but not growing spiritually in the denomination they find themselves right now. It's, it, it, it is as though a spell has been, you know, has been casted around them. It is as though they've been, they've been locked up somehow in their denominations. You are not growing spiritually. Your work with God is poor. You, you, you don't have, you know, you don't have any dealings with God. You don't have means as to, you know, there, is, there are no measures put in place whereby you should grow. The messages from the pulpits, you, you are not growing as a result of them. A lot is happening in your local church. You are stuck in your local church. There is no, there is no life refreshing messages. There is no life refreshing sermons. And you feel comfortable being there. These are the kinds of people that must be reached quickly with the gospel. Reach out to them. Speak to them. If they are willing to remain there, fine. But keep on engaging them. Keep on engaging them with series. Keep on engaging them with life-transforming messages from other people. Talk to them. Let them see reason why they need to come to Christ and build more relationship. Let them see reason why they need to build relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so it is, it is not only about being in a church that matters. You have to be in a church that, that makes you to grow. You have to be in a church that you contribute your quota for the growth of everybody. You have to be in a church whereby you are you, you have been taught the scripture properly and you teach the scripture properly. Okay, so church loyalists are Christians who are willing to die for their pastors, for their church, as much as they are not growing. They are willing to die. They claim they are, they are being conceived in that denomination, so they prefer to remain there and die there even when they are not growing. These people need to be reached with the gospel. Number two, the unreached. The unreached are people who have never heard of Christ from any believer. Oh God, this is so pathetic. Uh, these are group of people who, 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 who are still living in bondage. These are group of people who are still bound. These are group of people whose shoulders are carrying burdens. In fact, they are tired with life, yet have never heard of Jesus Christ from any believer. Probably due to the fact that they live in closed nations where the gospel is not permitted to be talked about. Okay, so uh, in, my, uh, in, in my upcoming episodes, I'll be talking about how to reach people uh, uh, with the gospel, uh, especially, uh, I will talk about it in-depthly. I will talk about it in a more realistic form. Okay, how the church can reach those enclosed nations with the gospel. I'm going to be talking about that as time goes on. Okay. And then number three, the backsliding. The backsliding. 
needs to be reached quickly. The one who does not find sweetness in Christ or in the church anymore. The backsliding who does not find any tangible reason to relate with Christ again. The, the backsliding who does not find any tangible re uh, reason to relate with the community of believers. The, the backsliding who does not have any reason. He or she doesn't see anything good with being in connection with Christ. Okay? In fact, they are tired of the whole thing. The backsliding who is now more into his or her old life. The backsliding just like the Bible describes, a dog has gone back to his vomit. Okay, suddenly the, 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 the believer find suddenly the believer found out that uh, he saw her old life was better than you know being a Christian. Okay, it's it's a pathetic situation. These people must be reached with the gospel quickly. They have to be. Uh, 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 they, they have to be reunited with Christ. And then number four, those fed up with church, those fed up with church who do not just see any reason to be in the family of God's people anymore. Don't we have people like that? Don't we have Christians? It could be an unbeliever who has been in a local church for too long and eventually he or she just concluded, I don't see reason being here. I, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. There is nothing for me here. In fact, there is nothing for me uh, having an alliance with a believer. Okay, These people are fed up with church. These people don't see reason to be in the family of God's people. Reach out to them with the gospel. They are those whom, the, uh, they are the people whom God has sent the church to. They are part of the people whom God has asked the church to reach out to. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. When it comes in contact with these people, they will bow. Number five, the excommunicated. The excommunicated. The excommunicated are people that could be Christians or not. However, they have been expelled. Note that word. They have been expelled from a local church because of one habit or the other, they have been declared not fit to be amongst God's people. Wow. Really? A pastor could just come up on the pulpit any time, any day, and said, you know, such person is called out in the presence of everybody and, 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 and everybody is, is made to know that this, this person has gone wrong, this person has done this and has done that. For this reason, you have been excommunicated from this assembly. God does not give any believer, whether you're a pastor or a nominal churchgoer, God does not, has not, and will not give the permission to any believer in the body of Christ to excommunicate another believer because you did not die for the person you did not lay down your life for the person only God has the right to do so no believer should be excommunicated from the body of Christ even from a local church why should you do that why should a church do that you know 
uh, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be named amongst God's people. As a leader of the church you are heading, you excommunicate people, you expel people from church. I know there are places of punishment, there are places for, um, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, church discipline has its place. But you go as far as excommunicating somebody from the family of God's people, God has not called any local assembly to do that. Okay? So they have been declared not fit, not qualified, not eligible to be here. It is not right. However, these are part of the people that must be reached with the gospel. And then finally, the unsaved. Number six, they unsaved. In fact, <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this carries the major headline of what I'm talking about. The gospel is meant for the unsaved as well. The gospel is meant for the unsaved. God has sent the church to the unsaved. The unsaved yet opened to the gospel message. Attending, you know, one of the things that interests me about unsaved people is that most of them are opened to the gospel message. I, I, I was almost tempted to use the word vulnerable. You know, they can be reached. You can reach out to them. They are there at, your, at, your, at the back of your house. They are there around your church. They are there, you know, wherever in the neighboring, uh, in the neighborhood. They are there in the streets. They are there in, in, in the church, in the family, in the marketplaces. The unsaved people, we pass them by every day. But how many of us care to tell them that Jesus wants to build a relationship with them? Do we just let them go? Do we just let the unsaved people walk away? How many of Christians, how many of the believers are willing to tell them Jesus loves you and he wants you to be saved? Therefore, these are people the church has been commissioned to reach out to with the gospel. In fact, George Whitefield once said, God forbid, like I mentioned earlier, God forbid that I should travel with anybody a quarter of an hour without speaking of Christ to them. For Whitefield, evangelism cuts across all people. You know, anybody is the target. Once it comes to the business of evangelism, anybody becomes the target whoever has no relationship with jesus is a target during evangelism also in the bible we see clearly the kinds of people the lord jesus has asked the church to reach out to let's consider it briefly who is to be saved in mark chapter 16 verse 15 jesus said go into all the world and preached the gospel to all creation. So if I may ask again, what do you see here in this verse? Does it answer your question? Preach the gospel to all creation. How else do we want to separate one group of people from another who has not yet known the Lord? How else do we separate? How? how it, don't, it doesn't make sense. It's not right that you, you begin to put demarcations. These ones should hear the gospel. These ones should not hear the gospel. And all of that. 
How else do we want to keep on putting a demarcation? In this verse, the command, place of assignment, and mission target are well stated. All of these are well stated. Why should the church want to wait anymore? Why would the church seek for where to throw the nets to catch? And why would the church ask who needs to hear the gospel? Let's stop seeking to know a will, a will. Let's stop seeking to know. Let the church stop seeking to know the will of God. Okay? That has already been stated clearly in the Bible. You can only pray to get clarity on a will that God's word might not have touched really. If it is in there in scripture, why do you ask? Why do you pray? Why do you go and wait? So the will stated in Mark 16 verse 15 is that go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Why does the church want to wait anymore? The gospel of salvation, the gospel of salvation is for all people living in darkness. They need to be introduced to the light. We cannot discriminate and keep selecting who should hear the gospel and who shouldn't hear the gospel. We cannot give the Lord options. We can't say these people don't have trouble with Christians proclaiming the gospel to them and at the same time say these ones are having issues, they threaten our lives, they want to kill us and so therefore we do away with those people. No, every unbeliever is like a wolf waiting to devour. Only the gospel can change them from inside out. Only the gospel can liberate them. In summary, the gospel is the power of God. In other words, the, the power of God is the gospel. What do you say? The gospel is the power of God. The power of God is the gospel. Okay? People might appear tough and rigid towards the proclamation of the gospel from the start, but as they hear it, it works on their heart and melts it like a liquid. You know? The, the gospel is powerful. The gospel is so full of life and power. The gospel is so full of life and power. When believers minister the gospel to unbelievers, they are transferring power of God. Remember Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So when believers engage in the proclamation of the gospel, you know what they are doing? They are transferring the power of God to them. And what or who can withstand that power? The proclamation of the gospel is a transfer of power. It is the power that breaks the hardest of hearts. It is the power that convicts and convinces men and women to salvation. It is the power that heals and restores. No one who hears the gospel, no one who hears the words of the gospel will ever remain the same. It may take time. It may, you, you may want to give it years. As long as an unbeliever has heard the gospel, it will work because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To everyone who believes. It will eventually result to some powerful transformation. You know, 
It will result to some powerful transformation. I remember in, in some of the gospel crusades that we have been privileged to hold in some communities. I remember one vividly where we, we, we went there for publicity. And you know, these guys confronted us. They were like, you, you won't preach the gospel here. You, you, can't, you can't come and hold a crusade here. This place belongs to us. This place is our, is our cabin. You know that word. This place is our territory. You know, they kept on ranting and, and just blabbing and talking. You know, however, God did something. The more we kept handing flyers to them, uh, you know, we invite you to this program. In fact, I had to confront one myself. And I tell him, this gospel we hold here, this program we hold here, the crusade is going to hold here, and you will attend, and you will surrender your life to Christ. And to make it short, the first night he wasn't there, because actually I, 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 I kind of took note of that. It was the second night he came, he attended our gospel crusade, and then he was one of those who believed and got saved. Okay, so the, 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 the gospel is powerful. The gospel is the power of God. Believers are looking for the power of God, yet they don't have anything to do with the gospel. How can you have an encounter with the power? When you go out into the street to minister Christ to people, you, have, you, 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 have, you are the carrier of the power of God. You are transferring that power to others. And we don't have to lose sight of this at all. Only when you step out there can you see the enormous power of the gospel. Just through a five-minute talk with somebody. The Apostle Paul did not get it wrong when he wrote to the Roman church like we have been seeing. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. No sinner hears the word of the gospel and remains the same. It may take time, but must surely, must surely happen. Hallelujah. Evangelism is not an isolated tax done outside of where people can be found. Okay, so stop, stop looking for where Muslims are not, uh, are not located. Stop looking for where uh, the wolves are not located. These are the people that the church has been sent to with the gospel. In fact, let it be a pride. Let it be a joy that you are living in their midst. Let it be a joy that you are living with these people. Through your light, they will see light. Through your encounters with God, they will, they will have they will have. That we have experiences that will result to the salvation of their lives. Okay, so let's call it out. I don't want to live with this kind of people, you know, and all of that. It is rather an open work that involves engaging people wherever they can be found. This is called, uh, uh, sorry, this call is extended to all Christians who will reach out to everyone who cares to listen. It could be in the street, in the field, in the house or on media. Wherever people are found, the gospel is to be preached to them. Wherever unbelievers are found, the gospel is to be preached to them. Wherever sinners are found, the gospel is to be preached to them. 
So this we cannot really deny. This we cannot run away from. Jesus wants us to submit to this instruction. Everyone, every believer is to preach the gospel to everyone who has no connection with Christ. Every believer is to preach the gospel to everyone who has no connection with Christ. Thank you for listening to today's episode and I hope to come up again with another uh, new episode as time permits us and as God will uh, keep leading us forward. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us today. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us through your word. We pray, Lord, that you will help us to walk in the light of your word. We pray, Father, that you help us as we walk with this truth that we have discovered from your word. Help us, Father, to make more harvest for the kingdom on our steps as we seek to preach the gospel, as we seek to reach people with the gospel. Lead us, Father. Go before us. Help us, O God, to be properly equipped for this task to the glory and honor of your name. We thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and thanks for listening to, to this episode.